Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Broadcasting Politics, Cisco and Falzone Hour, another exciting hour. Tonight, we have a special guest, coronavirus analyst, Michael J. Daughtery. He's the president of LabMed, an Atlantic-based clinical and anatomic medical laboratory. He'll be here in five minutes. We should be calling him. So a lot of things are happening in, in the world. We have um, right here in New York City, you know, New York City has become the epic center of coronavirus. It has surpassed North Italy, the country of Italy that was the epic center in Europe, and also Madrid, Spain. So New York City has that distinction. And it's basically, um, it continues. The governor and the mayor of New York have not done their job. How come there's no criticism? I hardly, I have not heard any criticism at all in regards to what's been going on. Totally. So what, what I'm gathering is there's some media bias towards President Trump. Because the governor of Louisiana, John Edwards, he says he couldn't believe that Mardi Gras had anything to do with the spike in coronavirus incidents, so infections and death in Louisiana. Are you kidding me? You have a whole bunch of people partying, having fun at the Mardi Gras event in New Orleans, and you are, cannot believe that people are getting infected? Well, another dumbass, totally dumbass Democrat, okay? And then we got our great governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy. You know, New Jersey is really getting hit. As a matter of fact, it's running right behind New York. You know, it's totally, um, you know, they follow each other. Then we got the state of Illinois, Governor Prisker. Another dumbass Democrat, as I call him, Democrat or Democrat. So this whole scenario, all these blue states tend to have a lot of cases. Why is that? Well, I could tell you that one of the things that has hampered the number of ventilators, the number of N95 masks, any protective gear, that has impacted any of these blue states has been, the responsibility has been with the governor and the local municipalities, mayors. And guess what? Who controls these cities and these states that are being impacted quite a bit? Democrats. I know some people may say, oh, you're very par- you know, partisan, you're anti-democrat, no, I'm just expressing and telling you what the reality is. The governor of New Jersey, of New York, had the opportunity to purchase ventilators. And this is how it works in New York. And it also works in 36 states. The governor has the final decision. Hospitals, medical centers, 
in order for them to get protective gear, it has to be signed off by the governor. And who's been the governor of New York for the longest? Andrew Cuomo. He's been handling the New York affairs. Let's say, for example, you don't want to blame Cuomo. As of the, the, I think it was the first or two, first two weeks in February, Mayor de Blasio was telling New Yorkers, don't worry about it. Go out, go to Chinatown, go to Little Italy, go and have fun. Nothing. We're, we're, we're okay. All these city officials were saying the same thing. Guess what happened? New York got hit. So I hear the press blaming, saying, hey, Trump, he, he knew about it. But anyway, let's go ahead and, 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 and try and, and, and call Mike. He's going to um, really go into details in regards. He is an expert. He's a whistleblower, which is really, really interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to have him here uh, on the program. And he should... Hello. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you. Well, you're, you're on the air. You're on the air. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yes, uh, we have some callers on the line just waiting to um, ask you some questions. But uh, basically, uh, if you want to introduce yourself, I briefly introduce you. But if you want to go ahead and introduce who you are and what you've done and, and your book, promote your book also. Okay, so, well, I'll try to make it pithy and brief. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm originally a healthcare entrepreneur. I actually went to the University of Michigan, degree in economics, got involved in surgical sales in the 80s, worked in the operating room for about 15, 20 years. From there, I founded a medical laboratory uh, that did cancer diagnostic testing. And one day out of the blue in 2008, uh, we got a call from a guy who said he'd found 9,000 of our patients out in cyberspace, and he'd be happy to help us fix it for $40,000, but he wouldn't tell us how he got it, and uh, it was an extortion racket. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pay him. This got him upset. He handed it over to the government. The government started investigating me as if I was the bad guy, not him. And that experience I wrote about in a book called The Devil Inside the Beltway, which actually came out six years ago. which is amazing and it was really the uh earliest uh the earliest story of life in the swamp i wrote it like a novel so people would understand that we don't have rights we don't know what our government is how our government operates what we're being taught in our civics books is an absolute fairy tale and the book uh really got the attention of several people daryl isa had a congressional investigation over it And uh, long story short, a whistleblower came out, and it turns out that this guy who, quote-unquote, found my file actually came and stole the file using software that was given to him by the FBI. (laughs) So uh, that uh, summary I just gave you took about a decade to uncover. It destroyed the medical laboratory, and I came out of 20-some-odd years of working only in medicine no politics, no chamber of commerce, no, just purely medicine. So I was, I kind of woke up like, holy cow, 
this world out here is uh, dangerous and corrupt, and all the masses have no clue. And the masses kind of caught up, and now we're in a basically a waging war about it. And so now I, I uh, have just started another company, a franchise that I bought called Any Lab Test Now. My Lab MD company still exists. Mm-hmm. If you want to read about the actual earlier stories, Business Week and The New Yorker both did very, very deep, long, good stories. You could just Google LabMD. You can Google FTC Wounded LabMD for the Business Week story. You can Google uh, The New Yorker LabMD Tiversa, T-I-V as in Victor, E-R-S-A, and read about that, and that would catch you up very deeply. It's just how they roll. And my book is available in ebook and audiobook and hardcover and softcover at Amazon. It's called The Devil Inside the Beltway. So now I spend my days uh, litigating, uh, uh, speaking, uh, doing media on usually, until this happened, I did mostly media on regulatory and cybersecurity uh, because I founded the Cyber Education Foundation based on everything I learned. But, you know, it's kind of refreshing to use really what I've done for my core profession, which is being in medicine and, and diagnostics. So suddenly I'm out there in the world talking about COVID and the FDA and how things actually work in the real world because clearly uh, none of us have been paying attention. <laughs> so, and now we got a big wake-up call. Well, I, I, I like the title. Uh, I've, never, I've never seen that title, Coronavirus Analyst. That, that, that's, a, that's a first one for me. Well, I guess uh, I did, that was not a self-title. That's called, you know, my PR people. But, you know, you can call yourself whatever the hell you want. But uh, it's, I definitely have, uh-huh. you know, inside um, experience with how things actually work and, uh, you know, in the FDA and, and things like that. So educate us. Because some people just sit there and think the government is just a bunch of churchgoers that are out there just to help and save us. <laughs> And I, you know, you can't shake that out of their brain. And the more I learn, the more I want to shake it out of their brain. Well, I want, I want to touch on, on cybersecurity. I, I happen to know some, something about cybersecurity uh, from my IT uh, experience. Um, but in regards to cybersecurity, how, 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 how would you classify if you were to do a penetration test? on the U.S. government computer systems, how would you rate it? How would you rate it? Oh, embarrassing. I mean, that's one of the issues with the FDA. I, I mean, okay. they have computer systems from the 70s, okay. and they're still on, you know, CD-ROMs and these old things, so they require you to use technology and paper for applications. And, and here's the thing. that See, I think many Americans have gone quite soft, and they're quite lazy, and they have never been through these type of diseases before. They've never been through World War II. They haven't been through polio vaccines or tuberculosis hospitals or, or you know, iron lungs. And so they're just outrageously uh, dependent and resistant to recognizing the fact that the government, any government, not the U.S., just government in and of itself, isn't even capable of behaving like a savior, it's not possible. If it was possible, it would be great. And so to try to get their attention on this when there's not something to make it obvious like this has been incredibly difficult. 
uh, people want you to shut up, uh, and, and, and you can see that because that's all the left has been doing the past five years is telling everyone to shut up, and, they're in, they have no reason to tell people to shut up, so they go into bullying and vilifying and name-calling, and they've gotten as low in the gutter as they can. But now we have what they can't control, unfortunately, and the silver lining of all this is people are going to go, wait a minute, <laughs> you mean – you mean we can't trust China? And if you don't go to your enemies and say, oh, kumbaya, you mean they're not going to laugh at you? I mean, they're, they're not going to say, oh, okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts. I mean, people are just terrifyingly nuts. And, and the difference now is, it, you know what? Your opinion and ignorance we are clearly seeing is dangerous because you have put people in office and you enabled a system with no accountability. What do you think happens to human beings anywhere when there's no laws? What happens if we never locked our doors and put all the food out in the grocery store for people just to take? There'd be a lot more theft. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it would be anarchy. And so we, but we built a, a government system with absolutely no accountability. Hey. And they, they keep no accountability by keeping a bag over our heads. And the, main, the media complex now is turned into something that only sells junk. And they, they don't sell news. They don't, sell, they mm -hmm. don't self police themselves. They are they're selling a product to get your eyeballs so they can make money with advertisers. So what does that mean? That means roadkill, drama histrionics, dirty laundry. That yeah. means just find an audience and squeeze that audience for whatever they want to hear. So while MSNBC lies and lies and lies, and their audience knows they're being lied to, doesn't matter. They're a theater machine. Same thing with CNN. Yeah. They, you know, and, and, and Fox is no innocent since they've got Ghana Brazil working over there. Yeah, you know, so, so, you know, all this is tied into – you know, so so now we expect instantaneous uh, testing and a really slick, non-bureaucratic approval process for vaccines and treatments. Well, guess what, folks? You know, you enabled these people to build this ridiculously poor-running machinery for decades, and and it's you know never gotten to. You. Now you're seeing the results of it, and it's you know hopefully. People are going to learn from this, but, you know, human beings only learn if they want to, so we'll see. Well, you know, there will be a whole lot of pushback and a whole lot of gaslighting from the Washington Post and New York Times. I mean, Bill Gates today is praising China. You know, the man's sickening. Yeah. And there's a whole crowd of people that think, oh, I mean, the, the irony of the left is that, you know, they hate rich people, but if it's Bill Gates, it's God. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. but Michael, Michael – uh, Getting back to the question in regards to the, 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 the internal computer systems within the government, the federal government, uh, and also the state government and the city government, I mean, it, it, it leads, they have so many open, open doors that for a country like China and Russia, they could be exploited on any given day. They, they're, they've been exploited forever. That's, they've been doing it for years. I mean, and, and it's, it's look at the OMB, uh, I mean, the Office of Management and Budget, with, with losing all those thousands of fingerprints. I mean, it's all over the place. 
I mean, it is all over the place, and they can't even procure the right way. And it's all—it's incredibly politicized, and it's incredibly slow. And look, it's a political machine with no accountability. So they don't care about their job performance. They care about that that wherever the bad news is, it doesn't land on their desk. And we've allowed this to happen. Uh, you know, so th- I can't tell you how many are terrible. They're they're all vastly terrible. The most of them are terrible um, because this is the nature of committees, whether they're in government or corporations. This is the nature of group dynamics and groupthink. It is, you know, a computer is a ruthless machine that doesn't care about you or, 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 or your politics or who you are. Junk goes in, junk is going to come out. Poorly built is going to leak like a sieve. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, we've allowed these people, we, we don't hold our people accountable. And uh, we've, lo- we've allowed that infrastructure to build itself a fortress against accountability from the public. Uh, Congress is just a theater played piece. And the, the bad computers are the norm. I don't know how, you know. Okay, so um, let, me, let me touch on something else that really uh, – which you have a lot of experience uh, with this whole situation with Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Bill Gates is the second uh, don't, uh, highest donor after the United States to the World Health Organization. Um, in my opinion, he controls a lot of what the World Health Organization says and does, and then the World Health Organization, uh, the CDC takes their marching orders from the World Health Organization. And the CDC is basically with Dr. Foshi and doc, uh, Dr. Burke, they're, they're basically advising the president. What's wrong with that picture? Well, this is what goes on in so many situations, that these are tiny, tiny little clubs, okay? And these are people that are very impressed with themselves, and they get these positions, and they don't have any real product to show anybody so we can so we know what they're doing. So so Gates has you know Bill Gates who has always been a brilliant opportunist and a brilliant exploitator. Yeah. And never really built anything miraculous. But he is the king of mediocrity and he he is the anti Steve Jobs. And he has and he and he under, and he's much more ruthless in that sense. I mean, uh, Jobs was ruthless about perfection. Gates is never ruthless about perfection. <laughs> Gates is ruthless about money. <laughs> and so now, for some reason, you know, but, but that means he's never been super – neither one of them were skilled in really management. And so he has – now he has to have something to do, right? And he has to justify his own billions. This is very normal for wealthy, wealthy people that, that get one good idea – and they think that automatically means they're a genius in everything. Well, he's got so much money, he, you know, wants to justify. A lot of these are the same mentality that, that, that finance Theranos and these yeah. fake companies because these people are not brilliant just because they're hugely successful in an area. But he has a lot of power. And so he, you know, does globalist things. These are classic things that, that sort of guilt-ridden, highly successful 
you know, look, he's, he's, he doesn't deserve all the money he's got. That You don't get money by deserving it. You get it through marketplace, and that's fine. The system works. But it doesn't mean that billionaires are the best people. You know, the best humanitarian in the world is not the richest man in the world. You know, sainthood does not go to income. And, but for some reason, you know, he, he's involved himself in all these very nice and attractive-looking projects uh, that now he's building a track record are pretty appalling. You know, I mean, and, and, and it's, it's, it's full of these echo chamber people. He, he just loves China. He loves the globalist kumbaya idea. This is a man who has not felt pain ever, and he has no ability to empathize with people that do. Yeah, and he's certainly in his own echo chamber. So now, you know, you, you, you join, join the hip with other scientists, and these are also people that, that do really good things, but what none of them ever do is work outside of a controlled environment. So while Fauci's really good with streamlined analysis and putting things through a scientific validation pace, you know, that is not something that works when the tidal wave is coming on the shore and you can see it. You know, it's like he wants to sit here and take the time to test which is the best wall <laughs> and, in, yeah. and, and won't build anything until he knows. And guess what happens? The, the tidal wave is going to hit. There's not going to be a wall to build. So yeah. when you're sitting here saying things like, well, you know, I don't want to talk about hydrocarbons because I don't want, you know, I, I, we don't know. It's, it's, it's not validated. And these are, you know, ancillary type of comments. There's no downside to using it, except that it won't work. It's 60 some odd years old. It is dirt cheap. It's past patent. Uh, everyone knows what the, what, the, what the contraindications are. It's between a physician um, client relation and antidotal evidence means fine. You've got, because who is giving the antidotal evidence are very, very highly respected physicians. So there's no reason to not say, under this circumstance, go for it. That's what Trump says. But see how he fits in with the Gates crowd, because they're all, right. you know, none of them have ever really been in the dirt before. <laughs> so, they, you know, so this world is real new to them. But, but I, Mike, uh, I, I think I, I have really, I have to question his, his, I mean, not his experience because he has a lot of experience, his judgment. Dr. Fauci said in January, he said, we in the United States do not have to worry about it. It's not going to impact. That's number one. Number two, in 2017, he gave a, a keynote uh, speech in, at Georgetown University where he said uh, in, 20, uh, in 2020 or in the, in the coming years, there will be an output. Either he, either he has a crystal ball or he's just basically a total lunatic because he said also, oh, we're going to have millions and millions of people dying. Now, today he comes out and says, oh, we can lose as, 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 as the amount could be as low as 60,000. I question what he, his judgment. Well, look, <clears throat> the, first of all, that, that's a rear view mirror for everybody. And the guy is now in a position that he wasn't in back then, so he wouldn't have shot from the hip so freely. Okay, and but it shows that what is the original sin that put everyone in this situation? Everyone. 
mm-hmm. whether they be overshooting or undershooting, whether they're saying the sky is falling or there's nothing to worry about. It's that China lied big time. And those people want to protect their own egos and reputations. So they're not going to talk about this. And this is, this is, this, this is what we have to understand about you know, these unelected people. This is why we have elections, okay? When you empower people, they're going to, this is like the human condition, okay? They're going to protect themselves. They're going to, and people aren't perfect. And they're going to make mistakes. And this is, you know, the original, this thing's chock full of mistakes, chock full of woulda, coulda, shoulda, all over the place. But the big picture is we have, we trust China. Thank you very much. That's stupid. But we put Obama and the left in, in so much power for this stuff. They should be held accountable for what they created. And I'm not letting George Bush off the hook. Right. You know, you know or, or who opened up the dialogue with China, Richard Nixon. Right. This whole um, kumbaya, oh, if we're nice to these evil people, they'll see the light. I mean, I think we learned that on the playground. You don't see you don't see kids going up to bullies going, please be nice to me. Boom. And the bully will deck them. I mean, these are, you know, cultures move and act like children. So it's stupid to think that's going to work. But boy. We have a ton of stupid people. Now we have the, the we're reaping what we sowed from that. We have huge vulnerability in China uh, because they're making all our stuff. Now they're not leveraging some of that, right? But they're seeds. They're not innovators. So the tons of the tests they sent over here in the last month don't work and don't validate. They don't. They they screw up science. So they let this thing out. They hide as to what happened. While it spreads, you know, it's an organism. It's a thing. It doesn't doesn't put the brakes on. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like the movie Alien. You know, it just keeps doing what it's supposed to do. Right. You know, it's a total scientific thing, and and we have to deal with this in the short run. And, but the question that concerns me more than anything else is, what are we going to do in the medium and long run about looking in the rearview mirror? What are we going to do? Because what I see is a whole lot of people in power. They're trying to once again exploit this, this for their own gain right. by spinning BS to the public and exploiting the trust the public has in them, and that means you, news media. Right. Well, you know, and so Fauci, mm-hmm. you know, he, I don't, you know, he, you could take ninety percent of the scientists that do that because scientists are scientists. You know, he's not he's not a politician. He's not an organizer. He's not an executive. He's not someone that deals in mess. Um, these people are, you know, they, they deal with a controlled variable, and they won't come to any conclusions until they see it, and they need time. They're not used to having, you know, death outside the door as all this is going on. Right. You know, and so th- this is what, what's, you know. So do I question his judgment? Absolutely. Yeah, do I think uh, all, most other people have the same foibles? Yeah, I do. And, and, you know, we've allowed, we, we've been so naive, especially about the FDA, so yeah. naive. But, you know, it can never get anyone's attention. This is just like the VA, okay? I mean, I've worked in, 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 in hospitals for years, and it was, it's the oldest piece of knowledge in the 70s and 80s that the VAs were a mess that their contracts were just price-driven, that they, they always got the oldest technology because it was the cheapest, that no one got the newest stuff there no matter what, that it was incredibly bureaucratic, uh, 
that it was it, it was just I mean it, it was a beast that no one could control and no one no one did anything about it forever because it's not a political win. Suddenly there's a hit on it and it takes off and I'm like, well, it's about time. But when you would try to say something about this earlier, you would just get shut down. And it's the same thing about the FDA approval processes, you know, antiquated technology, people that are never held accountable in their jobs, people that have jobs and power that don't have knowledge of what they're doing, you know, so, so they're just process. They're like insurance auditors. They don't care about the truth. They're just doing their job and checking a box. And, and so it's, it's embarrassing. But now a silver lining of this epidemic is now Joe and Mary, people at home, Americans are going to go, oh, <clears throat> why, golly gee, I can't believe they don't have their act together. And I say, yeah, and, and therein lies the tragedy. Right. <laughs> because, you know, you've elected these people because they sound nice. I mean, I'll, I'll say this is all tied together. I mean, the last, you know, the last, this is a, what I say is a 20th century experiment that is, that was all based on nice sounding theory. You know, and as we didn't have a lot of bad things happen in the culture, people got very soft, very spoiled, and very naive. And then, and they also want to feel very good about themselves. So they got first convinced that our medical system is, is, is broken, which is BS. <clears throat> but once they bought that, thank you to the Clintons, and that took a long time to pound that down, then Obama comes in and rips uh, the, the fabric to, sh to shreds by, by buying off the insurance carriers. You know, and so we have, we, you know, we have allowed this eggshell floor to develop or this thin ice to develop, and now we're falling through. Well, and, uh, you know, it, this, this pandemic came out of nowhere, <clears throat> but the infrastructure that allowed this thing did not come out of nowhere. Yeah, but, but, but when you say it came out of nowhere, we knew about it. I mean, I was following the pandemic already when it started in December in, in Wuhan. Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, months is out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, you can't change massive infrastructures in months. Well, I consider that really out really of nowhere because you cannot get the Titanic to turn on a dime. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, when it's 5,000 feet away and the thing doesn't turn that quick, that's out of nowhere. <laughs> so so I, I consider that out of nowhere. Absolutely right. The infrastructure is not there. But what I'm trying to get to is that when we hear that the Democrats, the left, were saying, well, Trump wasn't paying attention. Well, they were not paying attention also. They were focusing on the impeachment, the Ukrainian impeachment, and then after that, they totally were disregarding anything that was happening in, in China when basically we had a pandemic in, in January in Wuhan province. And the World Health Organization did not come out and declare a pandemic until February because they, wanted, they didn't want to get, uh, they didn't want to upset China. Right. Okay, well, that infrastructure was built long, long before. And it's a bipartisan beast. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, and so uh, you know, <laughs> and, and Trump is like the outsider. Trump is the symptom of the American public waking up to a pox on both their houses. Mm -hmm. and, and, and thank goodness he's there right now. 
because, you know, usually the government goes into a self-protection racket, and he's not playing ball. And usually when you get someone that doesn't play ball, you destroy them. They'll go at you. Nancy Pelosi will come at you if you don't play ball with her and you're a Democrat in the House. She will destroy your career. That's it. Goodbye, done. So everyone gets in line. The reason they're all freaked out about Donald Trump is they can't destroy him with all those rules. Everything they do to him makes him stronger because now he's building a resume of being right. You know, and, and the issue there before was fear. Like, yeah, you might be right, but you're going to be dead, so shut up. And, you, and you're going to take the come. And that's, Democrats are much more in line. It's really tough to be a Democratic congressman with the original idea these days, unless you're a complete loon that doesn't care and you get so much media time like the far left people that are consuming that party. But by and large, if you're not like those crazy people, that don't care and you're on some vigilante message and you're, and you know, they're going to destroy things. You know, these people are never, they're they're just going to put their energy in protecting. So of course going to attack Trump. It's not going to work. So let me go on to uh, the next step here. Uh, Do you see this whole situation with the coronavirus as something that, that is basically working towards digital uh, a, a digital currency, basically clearing out, clearing out the uh, the U.S. dollar, which you know it's basically no. the value. Where do you see the digital aspect? Because I've been hearing a lot from different sources, different contacts in Wall Street that digital currency is part of the strategy that we're going to be moving on. Yeah, they love that, right? And then you know, and, and they all you know that's like the new shiny object, right? And and things don't come out of nowhere and dominate everything typically in the long term. And, and they all – it's – I mean, Barack Obama is a perfect example. He was a new digital currency. Why? Because he's got no track record. So, therefore, it's great. You can't hold anything on him. All these things have no track record, so we don't know their, don't know their negatives. We don't know what they can do or not do. And, therefore, we leapfrog and assume that they have no negatives. And – they absolutely have negatives, and we just don't know them yet. But one of the big negatives about digitalization and non-physical is the huge incidence of crime and not being able to hold people accountable because they're outside of our legal jurisdictions. And when you start doing that with the financial stuff, you know, this is not a normal time. This is not going to be a permanent time. This is not going to – yes, things might change forever, like our knowledge of things or that we're going to, you know, adapt, uh, things that were really, really wrong before. But this world's going to change forever, meaning we're never going to shake hands and we're always going to be wearing masks and everything's going to go digital and we're going to be doing nothing but telemedicine and we're all – that's bullshit, excuse me. <laughs> It's not going to happen. Humans don't work that way. It's very similar, if I'm going to give an analogy about, remember when, you know, the e-book came out? Oh, digital. Oh, oh, that's it. Mom, pa, borders. Well, you know what? To a certain extent, yes, things moved. But interestingly, e-books hit a wall at about 37% and could not get past it. And then some of these bookstores have come back. Not the big borders of Barnes and Noble. Things had to change, but that doesn't mean things get obliterated or completely take over and dominate. Uh, 
<clears throat> and so because human beings do want physical contact. They are social creatures. You're not going to change how human beings are after, you know, thousands and thousands of millennials of development because of a pandemic. I mean, really. I mean, we take ourselves way too seriously if we think that's going to happen. Uh, and, and so those people, but there's always the, just love. God, there's some people I think that just love a good crisis. They're just so excited about it. They get to lose their minds and say crazy things and it just fills them up inside. (laughs) I try to, I try to block them out. (laughs) You're right. right. There are people like that, but so you, you are a firm believer that things will go back to normal, totally normal before. Uh, Yeah, I do. I do. That doesn't mean normal isn't, doesn't mean exactly like they were, but we're not going to adapt ourselves and some normal, that normal is going to be living in a chronic disease state. The only reason this thing has been so intense is because there's been absolutely no time allowed to defeat it. And, and, we, and now we have the clock is ticking. So, you know, it might, it might beat us in the first set six love, but it's not going to win the match, and it's going to run out of steam. And we are going to have... I mean, there's 140 medications being tested right now. We, we, are, we, we know we're doing social distancing. We're learning more and more about who gets sick and who doesn't, whether it be blood type or, or genetic background or, or, or things like that. Uh, you know, we, we just – when you have absolutely no information or nearly no information and people start dying, you run to worst-case scenario and you come out from there. And, you know, we, and now we have more time to think. We cannot keep up like this. We will lose all our livelihoods. Right. A lot of us might have money. Most of us do not. Right. This, this cannot continue. And, and this is all about, you know, you, and this is what I want to just smack people down. I just, they drive me nuts about this. Well, people are dying. Well, you know what? People are dying every day of all sorts of other things. And if you're in this much of a panic about this, you should be in a panic about all death. And you can't be, or else you're a big hypocrite, aren't you? So, no, this isn't good, but that doesn't mean we have to stop the entire economy. And and it doesn't mean, the the irony is, if you stop the entire economy, you're going to kill more people than this disease does. Because you're going to shove people into poverty. But, you know, we have nothing but a bunch of very obviously uneducated people about the economy. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. The, the, the virus shutting down the economy is, 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 has a bigger impact than the actual virus. That, that, that I'm totally in agreement with. But I think, I think we're seeing it in a lot of different countries. I'll give you an example. I'll give you two examples. In South Korea, they're going to be tracking coronavirus with a GPS ankle bracelet. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, in Italy, the Prime Minister Conte just said that if you basically want to go back to your regular hugging, you know, you know in Europe they, they like to kiss and hug and everything, well, then you have to have a man. It's going to be a mandatory vaccination <clears throat> for everyone You're able to do that. So when I start to hear these things that these governments are thinking of doing, I, I start thinking, oh, hey, that's a red flag here. Is this something that it, more countries are going to be getting themselves 
doing. You know, they're well, I, I, those are two different things completely. I mean, uh, a mandatory vaccination, I have no problem with that. Uh, you don't have the right to go put other people's health at risk. You know, so I have no problem with mandatory vaccinations. And believe me, with what they scream about with autism and all that and these other vaccinations, you know, I, I mean, you know, some people – I'm like, you know, you don't want to be you don't want to be vaccinated. And that's that's once we get a vaccine, by the way, you know, well, then then, you know, you're responsible. That's that's different. This whole technology thing. Let me tell you something. Big tech, you know, which is which is bigger, that bigger than most countries in the world by far. You know, these are these people have mega power and they have no morality. You know, they dance right along with China, and China's got big money, and China's a big customer. And they're going to develop all these privacy-shattering, you know, uh, it, you know bug, your, bug your citizen stuff, and they're going to cloak it with the mask of saving lives. What despotic, uh, you know, regime doesn't do that? What, 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 what dictator doesn't come in, comes into the public and says, I'm going to take everything and destroy you, hop on the bandwagon, you know, and so to, for, 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 to, to start this privacy bracelet thing and to be so stupid as to think that that's not going to have a big downside on, on pol- politicization, I mean, my gosh, I and mean, we saw that in the United States in the Obama administration. Are you kidding me? I mean, look at everything they they did in the White House that still is being covered up because and this is why everyone's so freaked out if Trump could win the next term because Obama still has his 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 moles all over the the bureaucracy, all over it. And they're protecting their corruption and they're covering up the corruption. And they know if Trump wins again that that's going to go away. He's cleaning out the FDA right now. He got rid of a bunch of inspector generals. So for any government anywhere to start doing that is ridiculous, lazy, a mask to power. And any and these tech companies that are more willing to step up to make money off it, you know, <laughs> that really gets me upset. And I'm talking to you, Microsoft. You know, and so so that's – and they pat themselves on the back. These tech narcissists think they're actually, you know, helping the world uh, by by weaponizing these these powerful crooks that run countries. It's terrifying. Well, no, it is. It is. Uh, To change a little bit of the story here, one of the things that concerns me even more than the virus is having uh, food shortages. Uh, we, we, I read a report where U.S. meat plants are beginning to have a lot of their workers stricken with coronavirus. And that seems to be an issue that, that can have a big impact. Because, yes, we do get some, a lot of food from China, but there is still a lot of food that is made in the U.S. And if, if, if those meat plants are going to be suffering with a shortage of staff. Well, have you seen how much milk has been thrown down the drain in the past week? Yes. I mean, the market's collapsed. So this is so this is, you know, the hip bones connected to the leg. I mean, it's it's all interrelated. I mean, take take your take your. I mean, it's all over the place. Pick an industry. I mean, my laboratory is open five hours a day now instead of ten hours a day. You know, um, we 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 won't see anyone with coronavirus. Um, you know, the restaurant next door is never going to live long term if this is what's going to go on. So that's that's true. 
but that's short term, and that's all the more. And this is this is the pain that comes from the practices of the past. And if you don't want to have the practices of the past, you've got to change the practices. And these are the this is you know reaping what was sown, and that can be fixed. But you know that's just part of the story. Oh, I've got the coronavirus. I've got to shut down. Oh, it's bigger than that. Uh, I've got to shut down because I've got no demand. You know, that's way bigger than I might have some people with coronavirus because most people don't have the coronavirus by far. Most people that get the coronavirus don't die by far. (laughs) Most people that have the coronavirus don't know they have it by far. You know, and this is once again the failure of uh, of the media because they want eyeballs. And so what, what drives people more than anything? Fear of the unknown. Fear, the unknown. So it's just like when a hurricane's barreling towards uh, the coast and they don't know where it's going to hit, so they warn the entire coast and they scare the crap out of everybody, and 25% of the U.S. population has to run. So, and, and where it's going to hit, 0.05% of the population. And then after it's all over, they go, whew, good thing. You never would have known. I mean, it could have happened. You know, and then, and then, and they're, and if they're so concerned, how come they're not reporting about the devastated community two weeks later? How come we see no stories today about Mexico Beach, Florida, that's still decimated? Because right. it's about money and eyeballs cloaked as giving a damn. Right. So you know, and so what does CNN and all these things? They they put numbers up like a scoreboard, like they used to do during the Vietnam War, what the death tally was. But they don't give any frame of reference to other diseases and other death tallies to keep people calm and, and from, you know, freaking out. That doesn't mean it's not good to have social distancing. But, you know, I fly back and forth from Atlanta to Washington, D.C. every week. And I've done it every week through this whole thing. Today I flew back from Washington. I got to the airport, no one through the security line. I had to basically wake up the TSA guys. Okay, someone's here. Then I get to the train. I'm the only person in the car. Then I get to the gate, three people. Three people on the plane, you know, the gate guy, the ground guy. Then I get on the plane, three people, four flight attendants, because you have to have one flight attendant for every 50 people, like the FAA, because the FAA can't move fast enough to lift that stupid requirement for a month or two. You know, two pilots, and, and you got a flyer, they're going to fold. And so they're going to have to lose in the short term. And then I get in Atlanta, empty again, and then there's some idiot on Facebook that actually thinks that I'm spreading disease. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and this is, this is the thing that drives me crazy, is I was like, you know what, you, your opinion is not a fact, and it's not a civil right. And the second we start taking science and technology and turning into a democratic vote on what the ignorant think, we're, we're sunk. <laughs> you know? and, and I'm not flying up to my used car sales lot. I'm flying up to my medical laboratory. Right. right. You know, but but it, I, I tell you, uh, the one thing about this, the side thing about this is that people's, uh, the, the ignorance has been exposed on a wide level. And, uh, it's it's, a, it's kind of startling. You know, well, a lot more things have been exposed. The yeah. The infrastructure has been exposed. The lack, the incompetence of these government officials has been exposed. The lack of health care 
uh, equipment and 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 this, uh, infrastructure in, in the hospital and medical. Oh, I, I think that's bogus. Okay, I, I think that's I think that's media lying. You, 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 you think so? Oh yeah, I do. Because here's why. Number one. First of all, none of them have medical background at all whatsoever. So they then have, and because they have no ethics and don't verify anything anymore, like they did 30 years ago, they are, they they have no remorse in scaring the heck out of people. If we had every hospital in America set up for a pandemic, we would have standing empty hospitals that would break the bank. Number one. <laughs> number two, these numbers are ridiculous. Most hospitals don't have this at all, and yet all elective surgery has been stopped. And I don't mean a facelift. I mean like a hip repair. Right. You know, and so, and so, you know, and then this whole ventilator story as, you know, <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. It's, ri- it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and they, they, it's like, it go mm-hmm. back to hurricane algae. One time there's a hurricane. I have a, I have a condo on the beach in Destin, Florida, mm-hmm. and I'm there when there's a hurricane warning, and not a you know a watch, right? And the Weather Channel's out there, and they're filming at my building. And one condo, one of 86 units, one is boarding up, and they take a picture, and then I see the story. They're boarding up in Destin. Now, is that a lie? No. Did it draw an accurate picture? Absolutely not. And that's what they're doing with this whole ventilation thing, right. you know, this ventilator. Like, the, you know, people are getting ready. But, you know, how many thousands were in storage still for the future in New York that, that Cuomo lied about? Right. So, yeah, there can be some shortages of ventilator equipment in beds. But the bigger issue is the shortages of gloves and masks. That's a different topic. Right, but 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 Michael, I, I wasn't I wasn't blaming the healthcare workers or even the no, I know all, no, I know you're not blaming the healthcare workers at all. But the go ahead. Politicians, the politicians who went ahead and started blaming Trump when in each state the governor and the mayor of that city are responsible to maintain and equip all the hospitals. Right, but what we don't understand. I mean, what are honest, normal, healthy? Americans that have no involvement with politicians or politics just do not get, and it sounds so offensive to them, and they just can't put their head around it, is that lying is normal for these people? Normal, like breathing. Lying is like breathing. They have no conscience. They have no, they have no, they have no logic. They just, it's just the game. It's an endless game of chess that involves bluffing and lying. And the startling part is, okay, bluffing and lying about your political position on, I don't know, you know, property rights is different than about a public health crisis. And these people will bluff and lie and see no difference between the two. Hold on. Uh, Caller on 254-346, can you, um, do you have a uh, question for Michael? Uh yeah, I got a question and a statement. Um, okay. They say they say that America is one of the most populous countries on the planet, right? One of the most what? Populous planet. Uh, powerful. Powerful. Uh, yeah. Uh, they say America is one of the populous uh plant. I mean, uh, countries on the planet. Um. 
And that's what we're told, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and uh, America is great, right? That's what we're told in America. But my question okay. is this right here. How can one of the most greatest countries, one of the most populous planet, I mean, a country uh, on the planet, be short of face masks and gloves? Yeah, great question. And I can tell you how it is. Because we have off-sold our, our factories to outside of the country, and we have not held mega corporations that are American companies uh, from putting their interests above America's in this time of crisis. I mean, you saw what, I don't know if you know, like 3M just got bashed all over the head because they don't have any, any, any product because they're selling it to their big customers overseas. Or that, that I think it was Italy uh, donated masks and gowns and gloves to China, and then when they needed them back, China wanted to build them. <laughs> so the point is, this is what it started because we've never had our eyes opened before while we were offshoring all our production facilities and the people that had control of this product in the private enterprise have no obligation to this country, even though they started and built and are, are, are created this country. So, you know, the greatest country, mm, you know, that, that, that is a good label and it, and, 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 you know, that ebbs and flows. Um, but, uh, and we certainly are the greatest country, but that doesn't mean we're the perfect country. And, and we have to learn from this as far as why these things are short. Because you're right. They shouldn't be short. Yeah, they they, they, they really too? shouldn't. Yeah. Can I say this too? Um, yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're short uh, by far. We're not short by far. Uh, the thing is this right here is that we was not ready or prepared um, for this man-made virus. Uh, we wasn't prepared for it. Uh, the thing is, if you look at like, if you look at like, for example, um, I used to work for a company called Owens, Illinois, a glass company, and uh, oh, I know. Yeah. we do, we use three M products, uh, face masks, and uh, we, I mean, every day we go to work, you know, we have to, you know, what I'm saying wear face masks, and uh, we always had to uh, get new face masks. So we was never short at, in in our company. We was never short. Um, so again, I would say this right here. And and you're talking about Owen Illinois is is a um, is a multi-trillion dollar company uh, that is almost in uh, every other state, um, and and also in uh, every other country. So what I'm saying is is that our companies, you know, what I'm saying that are still in business today have these face masks, you know, what I'm saying to uh, 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 make production. So we we got these face masks in these companies. Um, uh, warehouse companies. Uh, we have these uh, face masking uh, companies that work with um, uh, dangerous uh, products and uh, dangerous uh, uh, solutions. Um, so now my question is this right here. I mean, I mean, my point is this right here, right? So if uh, the coal mine companies, uh, if the glass companies, the fiberglass companies, uh, all of these uh, organizations, you know what I'm saying, are not running out of face masks. Why is it that we're in in America? We, we're talking about we don't have enough face masks. When it's not the fact that we don't have enough face masks, we just don't have enough to supply the public. 
Well, we don't have enough to, to supply the medical infrastructure either because we're going through a much you don't you don't every single hospital visit every single physician's visit every single member do not have to wear face masks and suddenly they do so the supply went through the roof and you're right we weren't prepared i don't think that the storage is just someplace else in the country we weren't prepared because we had a bag over our heads because china didn't tell us in time and then when china, when the code was put out finally no one really reacted. So it's death by a thousand cuts. Uh, and there's about three or four major moves that put us in this situation, which we'll get out of in a, yeah. in a couple of weeks. But it's all about, you know, the horse get out of the barn. It allowed to run and run and run and run. And what people don't understand is it's the multiplier effect. Okay. So when yeah. things start multiplying, you got one and you double it to two. Well, that's not much. You double it to four. Well, that's not much. We double it to eight and you double it to, you know, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256. Now, yeah. you, you know, now the doubling gets huge. Well, you, you know, doubling early is not that big a deal. Doubling late is massive. And so, you know, even half the time of having a bag over our head would have saved lives and, and not nailed the infrastructure. <clears throat> and then it exposed the Keystone Cop behavior of, you know, our government, because our government has built for it. Here's the biggest secret to me that is the thing that drives me to educate people on, is that this is not George Bush's fault or Barack Obama's fault. This whole infrastructure of the government started in 1914 and yeah. when they started building these in these little administrative agencies and then fdr turned it on overdrive and the 20th century <clears throat> had this great idea of well we're going to have these experts and that's fine but they gave these experts complete power they have their own courts they have their own rules Congress lets them do it because Congress doesn't like to be the bad guy. And then Congress doesn't have to go to work. Okay. And we don't know about this because our civics books teach us 19th century U.S. government, not 20th century U.S. government. And we are seeing the failures of 20th century theories right now because that infrastructure is huge now. It's like a big monster. And it self-protects because those people have been in there for years now and lose their jobs. Right. And so, and this is what builds situations so that when this happens, we don't have anyone to solve the problems. Michael, 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 yep. let me just interrupt. 813-424 has a quick question. 813-424? Okay. Uh, all right. So, um, yes, we have 90 seconds. So, so Michael, to summarize it really quick, uh, where do you see this coronavirus going? I think we will uh, <clears throat> flatten out pretty soon. I think it'll turn into a chronic condition. I think I think technology will give us quick blood tests to learn, and we'll get getting a lot of knowledge fast. And it will and and we will we will get a saddle on this wild horse within a year. Fantastic, Michael. Thanks a lot. Thank you for taking the and time. And I say this, and we'd love, I'll, I'll we'd love to have you back. You're, you're full of a lot of information, and. We'll see you soon. All right. Good talking to you, my friend. Take care. All right. Have a good one. You too. All right. Next week, we're going to have another special guest on our show, Broadcasting Politics, Cisco and Falsone Hour. Let me 
basically congratulate uh, Doreen, and she is the show writer. She writes for our show. The show sponsor is Students for a Better Future. Please donate. Okay. Go to the website, studentsforbetterfuture.com, and we'll see each other next week on Broadcast and Polygon, Cisco and Falstone Hour. God bless America. Coronavirus is a nanotechnology. Thank you.